Good afternoon, sir. Pranam. Uh, sir, actually, I had uh, three questions from sure. since this was a multidisciplinary uh, discussion. It was from philosophical, legal, and political slash religious fields. Since you answered already my question about locus standi, I am myself am a lawyer. Uh, I would like to ask you that uh, in uh, the section 377 case, uh, the Supreme Court followed what I would like to call a very pseudo-liberal approach. I mean, I do not doubt the wisdom of the Honorable Court, but uh, the arguments like uh, uh, the years of injustice against uh, the uh, homosexual community has been undone and it was covered uh, by the Western mm -hmm. media like uh, they gave us some prasad and we accepted it and the Honorable Court also followed this approach. Similarly, in, this, in the Shabriwala judgment, the Honorable Court says uh, that uh, similar argument, years of injustice against the women. So I find this colonization of the jurist mind that I would like to call since ages. And in this particular case also, there was not a single judge on the uh, bench who was from South India, especially from Karnataka, Kerala or Tamil Nadu. There are uh, temples in Tamil Nadu, Kerala, where uh, men are not allowed and they have uh, specific reasons for that and which are very uh, valid reasons. So, uh, I, how do you approach uh, the Supreme Court or the judiciary in general in decolonizing this uh, colonial mind? One question. Other question is uh, that uh, you, you talked about this Tantri's dream in your presentation. It was a great presentation. Uh, we have three religions. Uh, which actually qualify the definition of the word religion: Judaism, Christianity, Islam. All three are all three religions are actually based on dreams that were passed down to a specific man. I would like to emphasize the word man here. And uh, the Supreme Court refuses, time and again refuses to get into the intricacies and a very exclusion, uh, exclusionary mindset of these three religions. For example, in Islam, the first. Uh, the statement is La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is his only prophet. A very exclusionary and uh, uh, very, uh, you see, kind of discriminating argument is this. Uh, so, what do you think? How uh, is this discussion, this rhetoric, is going to uh, go in the right direction, or this uh, Indianization or Hinduization of the judiciary should happen? Thank you, sir. So the first one was, how do you approach a colonized court, is it, or a court with a colonized mindset? Is, uh, let's look at it like this, the judges that you have today are a product of post-independent India. All of us went to the same sort of schools, all of us went to the same sort of colleges. We need to, and we do need judges because we can't be in a world that doesn't have courts. So it is actually to one approach, as I said, lawyering is about how you win a case. It's not about I want to present my case and then it is up to you to do your job. So how do you actually look at a court that you must assume will have a certain predisposition? How would you therefore then work that court? It is principally about advocacy and I would say at least what I found missing in the entire debate in, in the Sabrimala ruling was this whole idea that there is this multiplicity of theologies in existence which is why I sort of brought back the whole idea of relativity again and again because what 
what you might view as a certain practice might be actually you actually seeing that is your observation. Just like the guy standing on the platform, he is actually seeing the fellows playing with the ball, he is seeing it go in a parabola. His observation is that the ball goes in a parabola. If you are going to try and tell me that it is going in a straight line, I am not going to accept it. And you start saying that you have prejudice for A reason or B reason, he is not going to buy it. That is not a way that you win an argument. So it is about advocacy. You know that this fellow is seeing a parabola. You know that I actually see the ball go up and down in a straight line. How am I going to persuade this person? The only way to persuade the person is to talk in terms of relativity. Is because you sit in a certain frame of reference, you will see a certain set of practices as X. I am telling you, sit in my frame of reference and you will begin to see it as Y. You can decide that you want to stick to X. You can decide that my Y is bogus. But you have to take into account some of the things that I am talking in terms of why. So, when, when you, when you, I think which is the point that I was making is that some of the arguments that went on in court didn't help the judges think like that. They tried to use a forceful, forceful sort of masculine argument. The argument was that if it is a minority, you would treat him differently. I am part of the majority, you are therefore treating me badly. That's not, are you trying to corner somebody? So, if you were a judge, how would you receive this argument? If I was a judge, I will throw that fellow out straight away. There are a whole host, this is in Sabri Mala, but there are a whole host of cases that you, yeah, as you will observe in the court. People make bad arguments, people make forceful arguments. It has nothing to do with the justice or not of the particular facts of the case, but they get dealt with badly in court. So, really advocacy, advocacy is a big role to play when it comes to how you make this sort of presentation. And that's what I would say. I think that the relativity concept is essential, is to say that you might, because all of us got trained in a certain frame of reference, we naturally and instinctively view something in a particular fashion. We need to actually try and figure out whether other frames of reference exist. And if the possibility that they exist, do you actually want to desecrate a certain ancient tradition because of your unwillingness to get out of your frame of reference. So, I do not know if that answers the first part of your question. The, what, what, what is the other? The other question was uh, that sir, uh, time and again we have seen that the judiciary uh, does not want to get into the uh, discriminatory practices of uh, the so-called three religions. For example, uh, I, I, if I'm not wrong, somebody also tried to, uh, you see, uh, file a petition in the High Court, Kerala High Court or uh, Supreme Court only, that uh, the father of the church should be a woman. And it goes against the Article 19. And uh, Article 14 and 19 both are qualified rights. Similarly, somebody else also tried to file a petition recently that uh, the burqa should be banned in our country because it's a uh, medieval tradition, which is actually a true fact. Uh, and the Supreme Court said, no, we will not take into this. You have no local standard and it's a part of the whole process of the religion. So, uh, uh, the Supreme Court seems to say that uh, since uh, we are Hindus, uh, we can do anything that we want to do with uh, the so-called Hindus and the other people have a special place and they will not be dealt with uh, according to the law. So, so, my response to that is, one, how do you argue your own case is what we dealt with in the first part, first question of yours. The, my, my second uh, to your, to your second question, 
I would say that we sadly have gotten into this frame of, of mind that the Supreme Court must provide us all forms of justice, as if the other arms of the state have simply melted away. And therefore, this has caused a constitutional distortion. We Now, we have a whole host of people filing PILs, people incapable of willing in an election. So, you don't want to fight in it because you call yourself a democracy. So, what is the essence of democracy? If you have a certain viewpoint, go contest an election, persuade a whole host of people by whichever means you would want, win an election and then bring about what you want. We don't have the courage to fight elections, at least lots of the guys that do these sorts of PILs. We don't want to participate in the legislative process that can actually drive some of these changes. And therefore, we take the easy way out in life is to go present yourself in court, try and figure out if hopefully you get lucky, you push a few buttons with a certain judge, you get a certain outcome. And unfortunately, that's the way the Supreme Court and a whole host of courts have started operating. Uh, they are also humans, as I said. Publicity doesn't harm anybody. Everybody likes that. Who wants to be a nobody judge? I mean, name five judges from the 1950s that you can talk off the top of your head. You can't, but you will probably find it easier to recall some of the judges who have, who have given these so-called landmark rulings in, uh, in PILs. So essentially, I think the whole approach of going to the Supreme Court as if it is a means of last resort, without exploring any of the earlier options is causing a distortion. And there is only as human beings, there is only so much that they can handle. They can't handle beyond that. Our expectation is they must operate like gods. They are not gods. We must accept that. That's why you have these separate states of the arm. Is that no one will operate like a god. Nobody is capable of operating like a god. If one does an error, the other will balance it. So we need to use these various other arms of the state. It includes the fourth arm of the state, which is the media, which causes public opinion to be formed, but also uh, the executive or the legislature. And you do what you can to actually get into any of these arms. So really, I would say it's, uh, see, there we can't wish away our history. We cannot wish away our colonial past. How are we going to intelligently deal with it is going to then say, are we going to win this cultural battle or are we not? It will not come, no victory will come out of crying. It will come out of participating, it will come out of taking these issues in a more public discourse and making it logical and, and have empathy because everybody that is functioning in the system, not everybody functions because of, some do function because of prejudice. But all right, there must be some reason to their prejudice. How are you going to work around the prejudice? And some of our best lawyers in the country have actually done this, which is why we have the constitution that we have today. That some of our best lawyers have done this persuasion to, a, to courts that have been hugely prejudiced to change them completely. If we do not have that degree of lawyering, failing is ours. We need to rise up as lawyers to do it. You started with that philosophy part, but in fact, the historical part where there were debates where you told that there were debates between the, uh, the one school of thought, which were basically the Vedantins or the Advaitas, and then there were a second school of thought, and there was always these debates going on. And these debates used to, since as far as I know, they used to be organized in some courts. Courts mean the courts of the kings. 
so there was like uh, the king uh, whatever the whoever the emperor was at that time so he used to organize this debate so that some clarity on thought uh, would always become <coughs> should come out now having said that so whatever happened uh, in fact uh, i was the first one who raised a hand when you said that who were in favor of this uh, who were in fact are uh, favor of that the, the tradition should not be <coughs> touched upon so uh, can't we take this particular case uh, as a you know a, 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 as an example or something which ha- actually happened uh, another 1000 years back you know let let us consider the left as the or, or the lobby which actually filed this case as as charvaks because again charvaks used to uh, they used to question the uh, the the what the, the whatever is happening in the society so uh, in those society when vedas were there and uh, you know there was an entire uh, even in mahabharat so there is i'll just give an example <coughs> sorry <laughs> actually what to breath so uh, there was this, uh, there was an example there was a uh, 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 ram had to actually uh, go out of uh, on a pilgrim on this uh, 14 years of vanvas 13 years of vanvas and jemini uh, jemini uh, uh, was the uh, he was a rishi jemini was there and he basically said because uh, the his father in law had just expired so he said that you know you need since he has ex- your, your father has just expired so you have to you know uh, there was some some debate about the custom thing so he said you don't have to follow you know we have moved on and these customs are made for some some people you are the king and in fact ram caught, uh, he contradicted him and said that you know i am the king i am supposed to uphold the law in fact after afterwards jemini uh, himself he said that i, I was just trying to Uh, make sure that you stay and you do not go on that one was so this this is an example and this example uh, uh, this this sort of you know uh, this thinking has always been there uh, in the history and you will find examples everywhere when you come to tantra system this tantra system is only 500 or 600 years back except a few examples in upanishads and all so uh, so why why do we why don't we consider it as a debate let, let it happen in, in case suppose uh, you know these women be allowed okay so and even afterwards if that's if, if that power you know if that power because if the tantra is there there has to be a way out and when you said that uh, because of that tantric power uh, the the people stick to that hinduism religion because there was a result the the the, the pandit or the mahant you know he used to give come up with some results or even the astrologers for that part so why don't we allow let, let us test it let us let us see like what whatever it happens and we'll decide so if the if the question really is that we don't really know how the systems operating let's actually go for it let's get rid of the restriction see if anything happens or not and nothing happens then we'll let it continue nothing good or bad i mean in my mind lot of these uh, the force of nature will always be there if there is one temple that is not there will be any 101 other paths some people have a certain and i am not a sabrimala devotee so probably not right for me to say whether women should be allowed or not in that sense uh, but here is what i would i point to two or three things in the 1950s the temple was desecrated and it was reconsecrated so even if women are allowed and if you believe that it is desecrated it is capable of being reconsecrated so point 1 point 
point two when it is physically desecrated, you break an arm of the deity, etc. You can see that it has been desecrated. If the energy is been altered, you actually cannot find out so easily that it has been desecrated. So it goes down to how do you sense the energy, and who senses the energy. So if Charvaka goes there, he actually he or she does not sense an energy because energy does not exist. But somebody who is sensitive to a certain energy can actually sense the energy. So the pr practical problem of how do you know whether something has been desecrated or not? And it goes back to are you actually open to that energy sensitivity or not? If you are not open to the sensitivity, you will not actually know it. And therefore, whatever else the other person says is rubbish because I am not sensing it. Because I see the ball going up and down straight, it is not a parabola. Unless we are willing to accept that the world lives in a relative context, everything in the world is relative. If we are not willing to give space for other viewpoints, as long as they are genuine viewpoints, but they are strong other viewpoints, there is possibly need to step back to actually allow that viewpoint and yes as an energy tradition you are absolutely right once desecrated it can actually be re-established we may not have a parshurama to do it but his process still exists but if you continue to have because really desecration happens so what will you do you will stop women from entering at that time the same women will say no i should so it's not just women and i think that the regulation must get tightened it must be tightened you can't have men with six days ratham go there so it's not only about the women you cannot have 21 day rathams so if you can have 21 and it's always sort of the idea has always been interesting for me modern science allows you to delay your menstrual cycle by popping a few pills so maybe you can pop a few pills and delay a vratham and actually do a 41 day vratham. I do not have answers to questions like this, but these are questions that must get discussed. Our tradition is one that should be actually confident to take all kinds of questions. We must look at cutting edge of science, we must, must look at how is the world changing. It is not wrong to believe or not wrong to accept that a certain sort of wisdom existed even if I am incapable of explaining it fully that it existed in the ancient past. To treat all our ancient as fools is inappropriate because they have actually done many things that today we can't do, we can't build the great pyramid today, the ancients did. There are a whole host of things that the ancients have done that we are incapable of doing today. Actual manifestations of those exist. It includes whether you talk of the Stonehenge in the UK and I am not taking, I am taking these international examples because it is not only about India. This is the truth of the world. The, the, the one God religions overran the, that truth of the world. And therefore, Galileo was dealt with in the manner that he was because certain people did not like it. So, those are how things change. I, th I do not think any one thing is capable of being humanity altering or mind shattering in that sense. So yes, if there is no Shabrimala temple, I mean the Turks came, invaded and destroyed a whole host of temples. It is not as if our civilization did not go on. 
you do this, this will also go on, but it is desecration. Realize and accept that it is desecration of that particular shrine. Nothing will happen to humanity, just like the Supreme Court said, nothing will happen to Hinduism. Of course, nothing will happen to Hinduism. The geography of the Hindus will continue to exist. It doesn't matter if temples exist or don't exist.